Hello, welcome to Gunfighter Cast, episode number 158. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Shaw, and I'm here with Varg. Varg, how are you doing today? Good, good day today. Varg Freeborn. I didn't say his whole last name, but his last name is important. I mean, wouldn't you like for your last name to be Freeborn? What a name. All right, today we're going to talk a little bit about mission, because we're seeing a few things out there on social media, in the news, and a lot of things happening with these riots and civil unrest that's going on in some cities. Although it looks like it's calming down in some and heating up in others. But there's people out there making some decisions that are outside of their mission. Varg, in his book, Violence of Mind, every morning we wake up and we record some, some parts of that book for his audiobook version. It'll be out sometime soon. We talked recently about mission, and Varg has a lot of good input in that book. And I'm sure it'll come out in this episode as well. Varg, when we talk about mission, what does that mean to the regular armed citizen out there, the law enforcement officer, whatever? Mission is primarily what you're willing to do, what you're allowed to do, who you're going to do it to, having all those questions answered before anything ever happens. That pretty much defines your mission. So it's made up of boundaries, internal and external parameters, external being the use of force policies, the rule of law, what's allowed for self-defense in the area or municipality that you live in, understanding those things helps determine your mission and your internal parameters. What are you willing to kill or die for? How can you set yourself up for the moral aftermath of what might be involved in defending yourself? That's a part of your parameters. So your mission is built from understanding what your lengths you're willing to go to and what your limitations are. And that's going to determine your gear. That's going to determine basically everything you train and how you train it. It really is what drives the whole train for this self-defense thing. So for an example, I'm not a law enforcement officer. I'm no longer on active duty or reserves. I mean, I'm technically going to be called back for the next 15 years. But my mission now is to protect my family, my wife, my children. And part of that protection is also staying alive myself to continue to protect them, to provide for them. So if I do something that's outside of that mission and I put my family at risk because they're with me or I put my family at risk because I'm putting myself at risk, I may do something that gets me locked up, gets me hurt or injured in a way where I can no longer provide for my family or be a part of their provisions. Doing anything outside of that that is not keeping with my primary objective, my primary mission, is counter my mission. I am off task. Absolutely. And I think that's what a lot of people don't understand, especially at the civilian level, when they're putting together their concealed carry plan or their self-defense plan, if you even want to call it that. And I never judge a person. A lot of people had mistaken my message as, well, if you jump into a fight that you don't have anything to do with, you're doing it wrong. And you know, advise against that. I've never said that. What I say is if you step out of your house every day and you say that your primary mission is to protect your family and yourself so that you can live out your life with your family whole together and have a happy life for a very long time, then you go out and you get involved in every fight that you see happening because you want to be the hero. That's a discrepancy between mission and action. Your actions of jumping into a fight that has nothing to do with your own safety, nothing to do with your family's safety, and nothing to do with the objective that you stated you had of making it home to spend time with your family for the rest of your life safely, that is against, actually, 
the stated objective that you had. You're risking your life. You're risking your freedom. You're risking everything that you proclaim was your objective in the first place by jumping into a fight that doesn't have anything to do with those things. So what I'm saying is that you should have that clearly laid out. Now, if you tell yourself and everyone else that my mission is to jump into every fight where I see injustice, you're openly stating and clearly stating your mission includes those things. And all you have to do at that point is be clear to your family that this is the type of person that you are and you may not make it home someday because you'll be defending some third person. So those things being clearly stated are important because they drive all of the decisions that you will make in a fight. And if you can't have a majority of these decisions made before the fight, you're going to stumble during the fight. You're going to have hesitations. You're going to have uncertainties. And those are things that we train to eliminate in fighting so that we can be effective and make very clear decisions and have very strong actions based on those decisions. And you can't do that if you're unclear about what you're willing to do and who you're willing to do it to and when you're willing to do it. Those things have to be decided beforehand. And if you're stating one objective and then going on and doing another, I'm going to say that you're probably not making very clear decisions about how things are going to be done when it happens. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Varg, but you're not saying don't intervene in something that that needs your intervention. It has to be consistent with your own mission and something that you've already chosen to do that's not going out and jumping in every fight. We saw this in the last or the most previous episode of Gunfighter Cast with uh, Shooter Rugi where he snatched the weapon from the gentleman in Seattle. The guy had taken it out of the burning police car. Rugi went over and snatched the gun out. There was a second one he snatched today. The, the first one he had snatched had been fired a couple times. So he had two missions there. He had his mission of protecting his team, the journalist team, but then he had his own personal mission, preserving life. If something needs to be done, he is a person that can do it, has the skills, knowledge, and training to go over there and get a rifle from somebody. He had already made that decision. It wasn't like he thought about the rifle. He made that decision in general. If there is something that occurs that someone could likely be hurt or killed, if I can stop it, I need to take action and do it. And so he was operating within his mission as he explained it. Yeah, I believe the way he put it was, one was his job and the other one was his duty. And he clearly stated that he had made all of those decisions about what he was going to be getting into and what he might do before he ever showed up. And this is exactly what I'm talking about. If you don't clearly make these decisions and you have a distinction between your job and your duty or your primary mission and secondary mission, if you don't have those laid out, and you start talking about one, but you're willing to do another, then you're going to get yourself in trouble. And then my whole point is, is that be honest with yourself, be clear with yourself, and be clear with the people who depend on you. So if you are the type of person that's going to go out and jump into a fight that doesn't necessarily involve you, but you feel like it's your duty to protect someone else who can't protect themselves, that's admirable and that's commendable, but I'm not passing judgment on that. I'm just advising that you have that clearly laid out in your plan and you clearly attach that to your mission and your mission is partially based on that. And you also tell your loved ones that you're willing to die for people that you don't know so that they are aware of what type of a person you are and what may happen. That's your duty to them, right? When we have people who are stepping outside that mission 
it's because they didn't clearly think about these things. I see it happening today with these riots and things like that, where people trying to drive through them and getting into confrontations. And there's been some shootings because of that. And avoiding that area was probably the optimum choice. But pushing for a confrontation by trying to get through them or confront them in some way, what is your mission at that point? If it's something that you could have avoided and you're running head first into it, then your mission obviously isn't to make it home. Your mission is to prove a point or punish someone for their behavior or it's something other than making it home because you could have taken a right turn instead of a left turn and avoided everything and made it home just fine. So be clear about your mission and what it is that you're doing and what you're trying to accomplish and then you can put together a better plan, better equipment list, and better training for that particular mission. For the sake of this podcast, I'm going to call this mission violations. We have kind of two different ways this happens. From what I'm seeing in these riots where people are driving out of their way, pre-planning, I'm going to go over here where they're blocking this road. I'm going to get into some trouble. I'm going to counter whatever it is they're doing, and I'm going to drive right in the middle of this, and I'm going to get in a fight. And there have been cases where people have accidentally driven into these things, and things have happened. There have been cases where people do them on purpose, and they go enter these situations. If you're pre-planning to go enter these situations, you're essentially pre-planning to violate that mission. The other one that I think is the biggest problem with us every day out there in life, myself included, I'm 100% guilty, is a self-control issue that results in us violating our mission. I open the door for everybody. I don't care who you are. There's no way a human being is going to be walking toward a door that I'm walking out and me not wait upwards of 10, 15 seconds to hold the door for somebody, depending on how fast they're moving. I hold doors for people. And when somebody doesn't say, hey, thank you, or, or something when I walk by, there's a little piece of me that's like, this mother effer. I'm pissed off a little bit. I'm mad. I get to make the choice right there. I get to decide how angry I'm going to be. Am I going to say, you're welcome? Am I going to say something to them that could escalate to something else? Because not everybody realizes this, but there are some people out there who would take that to a much higher level that you're willing to go right then and there over this door thing than you are that could ultimately violate your mission. Well, I think it's absolutely true. And the problem is we need to think about why is this so important, right? When you violate the mission, what happens? Like, what are the consequences? You talk about you're going to have consequences for violating that mission. And those consequences can be uncertainty because you're stepping into an area you didn't prepare for, you didn't think about, you didn't make decisions beforehand about what you're willing to do and who you're willing to do it to, etc. So you could have consequences about not being properly equipped because you've stepped into something that's bigger than what you were initially carrying equipment for. There's this huge plethora of consequences, unintended but very avoidable consequences that will come from stepping outside of your mission, violating the mission as you put it. I think that what it comes down to, the ego part that you bring up about somebody is going to make me mad because they didn't say thank you or they cut in line in front of me, whatever the reason, if you allow that to push you into a confrontation, I would hope that you didn't have a mission to get into every ego-based confrontation that you could find in a given day because somebody makes you mad. We would hope if that's your mission, you shouldn't be carrying a gun or any other type of weapons. You should just be really good at fighting and hope you never get your shit knocked in someday because you're going to be getting in a lot of fights if that's your attitude. 
the way to, to handle things like that is to put your ego aside and understand that your ego and your feelings don't have anything to do with your mission and it needs to be separated. You can never allow your emotions or your ego to push you into a confrontation because that simply cannot be attached to a well thought out, properly planned for mission. The two are just, they don't go together. And anything that you get pushed into through ego or emotion or your feelings are hurt is definitely not going to be a good cause. Fighting on principle is almost always guaranteed to lose in one way or another. Right. Self-control is often something that's referred to as practice. It's kind of like the doctor down the street. That's their practice. They're not all amazing at medical. They're not, they don't have it all figured out. It's a practice. That's why we use that term. My Me choosing my attitude, how I receive things, how I feel about things, how I'm controlling myself, whether it's controlling my emotions on the range where I have a bad drill, a bad string of fire, I do some things wrong, or I go out for a run and I just feel like crap, I have a bad run, or I'm trying to decide what I'm going to eat for dinner. It's a practice of self-control. It's something constantly that we're working at. And having that mission, if your mission is weight loss, you're going to have to practice self-control to do that. If your mission is to stay alive, not get into these confrontations, then you're practicing self-control all the time. Oh, man. How do you practice self-control, Mark? Is this an easy thing for you? Absolutely not. It's probably, it's it's the hardest thing that I do. I mean, if anybody gets angry about stuff, I'm up there. I'm up there pretty high on that list. But you have a unique perspective on a lot of things from your past. You're seeing things from a slightly different perspective in some ways. Yeah, and you know, I see society as a very impolite place because of environments that I've been in around very dangerous people that it was required of you and mandatory to have a certain amount of visible practiced courtesy. And if you did not have that, you would have immediate or slightly delayed but harsher consequences. In society, there are very little consequences because they can talk however they want, they can do whatever they want, and the law protects them. You can't just smash their face, stab them, or shoot them because you're going to go to jail for that and you're going to go to prison and your life is going to get ruined. So people know that the juice isn't worth the squeeze most of the time for you to take them out. And so they run their mouth or they act like inconsiderate assholes because that's how people tend to be when you have society just running rampant. The worse it gets, now we have riots and we have political hatreds at a high. All this hatred, all this division, and it gets worse and worse and worse. And people feel like they can say whatever. So self-control is like a constant thing in that environment. Because if you look on social media, somebody's always saying something about the particular group you're a part of, whether it's a political group or a racial group or anything. So there's offensive things that you see there. And then you go out in public and people are, they drive like maniacs, like nobody else is on the road. They cut you off. They tailgate you. They hold you up in front of you. Like every possible annoying thing they could do. Like all day long, you have these annoyances and this just disruptive behavior by people. Every single instance of that is opportunity to practice self-control. And I talk about guys with women, how you talk to women and how women talk to men and you know how we talk across different cultural barriers. Every single one of those instances are opportunities for self-control, not for you to be offensive and, and for you to be maybe empathetic to people or sympathetic to people 
or understanding in a certain situation when you don't want to be, those are also opportunities for self-control. So self-control isn't something we just practice on the range or in the gym. It's something we practice all day. And if if you're not able to practice self-control all day in average, small little slices of experiences as the day goes on, then you don't own your self-control. I don't care how disciplined you are in the gym or on the range. If you're not disciplined out in the real world, when the moment arises, you're going to find out how much of that self-control you don't own. I think that's something that most people don't understand. I know I didn't, and maybe I still don't fully. I wish I would have realized this a lot earlier in life. It would have got me out of a lot of trouble. I'd have been a lot better at my job uh, in the Marine Corps, at things I've done since retiring from the Marine Corps. It would have changed my life. I care about training with a handgun, training for medical, training, physical training, uh, mental training. I I read constantly, all those things. None of it will even occur without self-control. None of it will occur at a high level without self-control. So the only thing that I can do to be better at everything that I do in life is probably get more sleep. That would probably help me get better. But as far as long-term, things that'll get me better at being a better husband, better father, better man, better human, better podcaster, better friend, better shooter, better better fighter, all those things is practicing self-control. Even when I'm cut off by that entitled driver, whatever it is, that little bit of practice self-control, that of new ability of choosing how I'm going to feel and react to something is going to carry over to my next fight. It's going to carry over to my next rain session, my next class I take or teach. It's going to carry, it's going to spill over into every single part of your life. And it's going to enhance every part of your life, just getting better at self-control. And it could essentially, based on what we're talking about here, it could save your life. That's exactly what I talk about in the book. That's 100% what I'm trying to say right there is that those things will carry over. If you don't have those, then it's not going to carry over. And you're going to have these wide gaps in your self-control that that are just big gray areas. You have no idea what's going to happen there. So I guess to bring it all together, we started out talking about riots, talking about driving into riots and being outside of your mission. Your mission is why you exist, why you get out of bed every morning. What you're doing every single day should be something to enhance that mission. When you do something dangerous to step outside of that mission, then you're being counterproductive. And most of the time when we step outside of that mission, it's because of our lack of self-control. So if we want to stay with our mission, whether that's fighting, losing weight, being a good husband, whatever it is, there's nothing that's going to enhance your ability more than practicing self-control. And my favorite part about this practicing self-control thing is it reduces the amount of assholes in the world. And we have a lot of those. And anytime we can we can reduce the amount of those, to me, I think it's a pretty good day. Absolutely. I agree. All right. Final thoughts, Fark? Not just, uh, I think we covered it. I think it was a good discussion about self-control. So go out there today and control yourself. Yeah, change one little thing. Find that opportunity. Now that you've heard this, now that you're thinking about it, now you're looking for it, you'll find an opportunity to practice, to get better at that self-control thing. We talk about Varg's book. There's a chapter on this whole idea of mission and self-control with some really good examples of people lacking self-control and violating their missions and getting killed or getting sent to prison. And a lot of other good stuff in there. As we go through this book, I find all kind of little topics that we can talk about on Gunfighter Cast in the future. So if you haven't, you should go check out Violence of Mind by Varg Freeborn. It's available on Amazon.com. Uh, there'll be a link to it in the show notes. Guys, go check it out. Seriously, great book. I really enjoyed reading it. 
every morning I kind of start my day with a discussion on it because me and Varga are recording the uh, audio book, which will be out very soon for it. And we'll put a link in that. We'll talk about it when it's ready to go. And uh, you guys are going to dig it. It's going to be something that you read or listen to multiple times. I guarantee it. Read a lot of books and hit a lot of things out there in the gun world. I'm yet to really find one that encompasses so much truth and good information and realistic and not macho bravado. I drink whiskey and punch people in the face. It's like the real deal. What's going to keep you out of jail? What's going to keep you winning the fight? All that good stuff. You'll dig it. So check out that book if you haven't already. Thanks for coming on here and listen to this episode of Gunfighter Cast. If you missed the last episode that we talked about with Shooter Rugi, because we're coming out every week with episodes now, if you missed that last one, you need to go listen to that. It's one of my favorite episodes we've ever done on Gunfighter Cast. We didn't just talk about his story. We let him tell his story, and then we kind of dissected it. And one thing, talking about mission quite a bit, so it's a great example of mission there. Go check out that episode. Again, we are rebranding sometime end of July. Gunfighter Cast will be known as the Mag Life Podcast. You'll see some graphic changes coming throughout the next month or two. And you'll see that full change come over at the end of July. Guys, thanks for listening. And until next time, Gunfighter Cast out.